Keeping it real from Mount Julia, Tennessee. I'm John. And I'm Johnny. And this is Talk About That. You've never let me do that before, where it's like, I get to say my name. I don't. It's like we were making an outgoing voicemail recording. (laughs) Like we're roommates. I am John. And I'm Johnny. And you've... (laughs) And you just missed us. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, we're back. We did a throwback episode last week. We did. I wonder how that went over with the listeners. We threw it way back, too. I can't remember how far back you 2017. went. 2017. Wow. That was November 2017. We've been doing this too long. We were on a... Uh, I just realized why, why my headphones weren't quite as loud as I thought they should be. You had your toboggan I had on. a toboggan on. <laughs> man, what's that You're deal? not a what's, smart man. What's muffling this so much? It was the toboggan. Yeah, we were on that trip to Terre Haute. Remember when every church mic in the 80s used to have the colored foamies? Oh, yeah. And that's how you would know. You'd be like, can I get more volume on red? Yeah. And they look like this big clown nose on top uh, of your mic. Yes. I hated those so much. I hated them. And they, they made your sound quality terrible. Well, yeah, they're, they're supposed to pop filter a little bit, I think. How many P's and S's were we counting on from these praise and worship leaders, though? <laughs> Come on, let's praise. Give us some little credit. Yeah, yeah I guess praise and praise is in a lot worship. Of songs. Worship. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of spitting. Those things were, they smelled, too. They do, yeah. From all o- the spittle. Over time. They just collect all the bacteria. A microphone diaphragm can smell anyway, if yeah. you, yeah, but... Yes. Remember the microphone we had when we were in the band together that would just randomly shock us? <laughs> like, depending on how the sound was set up that night, if you got too close to it, blue flame would shoot out. Yeah. A lightning bolt would shoot out and get you right in the lip. Yeah, that's a good feeling. That's weird. What caused that? Were we just not grounded? Uh, you know, Johnny, a lot of people... We did a lot of outdoor shows. A lot of people have been saying for years that we're not very we're grounded. We're not very grounded. Yeah, so... Well, they're right. Yeah. No, it was... Um, it was a good... I enjoyed that episode. There was a lot of good things in that episode. If you didn't listen, listener, you really missed it. Even if you heard it before. Go it back good. and get it again. Yeah, it was good. We were talking about UT football in November 2017, which was interesting to me. Very interesting. Yeah. Because Butch Jones was still the coach. That was his last year. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So lots changed. He, uh, he, he turned purple a lot that year. Oh, gosh, yeah. He would turn... The man looked like an eggplant by the end of most of those games. My favorite Butch Jones memory is when we did our bowl game with North Carolina. Was it a bowl game? We somehow lost because we had 13 men on the field. (laughs) Not just 12. Not 12, which is a penalty. Because Marty, I remember when that play happened because Marty Simpson, my buddy who played for South Carolina, he goes... Yeah, when I coached football, I used to say, you can get away with 12, but 13 looks like an army. <laughs> it really does. Like you, Even like the, the casual fans like, why is three guys lined up against that one guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a bad game because we won the game, but then they called it back because of that penalty and we yeah. lost the game. They gave yeah. him an extra play or something. Yeah. Or they ran 10 seconds off or some nonsense. That's also how Derek Dooley lost to, uh, was it LSU back in, oh man, that had to be like. Oh eight, oh nine. Yeah. No, wait. Yeah, maybe a little later. Because I was speaking at that college conference, that Chi Alpha conference up in, uh, I forget where we were, Greenville or something. And all the UT, it was a UT Chi Alpha, and all the UT students were watching. 
if we had the game oh, yeah, and they called the it back, we had 12 men on the field and gave them an extra play. And yeah, it was like we literally had, and, and, and the, the extra player was inconsequential to the play. Yeah. Like we still, we sacked the guy in the last play of the game and then they came back and I forget it was a touchdown or a field goal or a game. I hate stuff like that when there's like, they call a hold, but it's way away from the run anyway. And you're like, oh, yeah, why, did did you even, why did you even hold? Right. Right. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, I got to go to the South Carolina. You game. were there, yeah, and we had our best performance of the year. Oh, by far. A lot of people are skipping this, and I'm sorry, fan. I'm sorry, uh, podcast listeners, but, but some was, people like it. But some it was like cool, it. though, regardless of your football. Fan. Yeah, it's not really a football story. It's a story about John and his new circle of influence that he's been invited no, into. Oh no, it's not about John. That. Tell me about the Skull and Bones. Tell me about <laughs> Illuminati. You're I, mingling with some folks now. Well, I, no, we we got to, we were we were able to go to the game, uh, and we had some cool experiences there from some relationships that I'm developing over some book things, and so um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, this it was, is very diplomatically it was, put. It was, it was fun. No, it was great, and so we uh, we um, we got to park near the stadium, which was nice. That's a big deal. <sighs> I know our listeners love a good parking story. <laughs> John. Hey, you know what the coolest thing was? I took Sadie and... That's her, the best. When I saw those photos, it's like, what a dream. She got to go on the field. Even before that, though, taken. before that, I took her and her best friend, Aubrey, and we went over to through the uh, Vol Village, you know, that they have. They set up this thing over by Humanities. Yes. I was, I was in that uh, when I went down for the game. Smokey was there. Like the real Smokey. And you could line up, pet him, and take a picture with him. And yeah. so they got to pet and see Smokey, which is a big deal. The real Smokey. Well, I mean, it's Smokey like 18, well, right? Yeah, but he, they, well, they've been doing this since, what, the 1700s. I mean, what are you expecting exactly? What was I at when they retired? They retired the—oh, I was at the Browns game. I went to the Browns game with my buddy Brent. Mm-hmm. And they bring the dog out. Uh, I don't know what his name is. Let's call him Brownie. Brownie. It's not Brownie. Yeah. But they go, this is his last game. And he's re- they were they were retiring this dog. He's been the, the the mascot for how many ever seasons? They march him out on the field, and then later on in the game they bring out the new dog who's going to start working the next home game, which would have been like two weeks from then. Wow! And everybody, people stood up and applauded for this dog. Wow! And he must have been so disoriented. <laughs> Just like, what is going on? No, I think they train them. I guess, but they're walking out. It's like this lush green field. You know, they're like, all right, where do I poop? Where? <laughs> show me where to poop. I mean, Smokey poops in the end zone. That's a bad day. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, he was, he was great. And then, yeah, we got to, we got to, um, to meet uh, a Vol legend on the field. We got to go on the field, and, and that was fun. And so, What Vol legend, John? I'll decide got, it's a legend. We got to meet Philip Fulmer. On that's, the, that's, that's, yeah. He qualifies. Yeah. He won a championship as a player. Yep. As a lineman, 57? Mm. Was he on the 57 team, right? Well, 51 was the championship. Okay. but there, Wasn't I, he on the championship I team? I think that there may have been one in in the 60s. Well, Six, I, you don't even know your Vol history. I do. I know the 50s very well. Well, he won a championship as a lineman, <laughs> I want to say. And then, well, of course, the coach of the 98 undefeated team, yep. where you were a freshman then. Yep, yep. So yeah, to meet him, it's incredible. Yeah, and and he was going to took a picture with him. So Sadie and Aubrey didn't even know who he was like probably two weeks before, but they were like legitimately nervous about meeting him. So um, nice. And we waited. We were supposed to meet him at a certain spot, and then he didn't show. And we were like, "Oh no, you know? flaky former." And so, 
<laughs> he was swear. so kind. He sent somebody and was like, "Oh, I'm so, I'm sorry, guys. The note said meet here, and I thought we were meeting here." And he was so he was so like personable. You took his parking so. space probably, and he was so like, he couldn't I, make I, it I couldn't the... get in. Somebody was parking right where I needed to park. Yeah. I'm having that guy towed. I'll meet you there in 15. The funniest conversation with Fulmer that I got to have was I told him that in 1998 when we beat Florida, I stormed the field with all the students. Yeah. You know, can't do that anymore. And he says to me, he says, that's awesome. You didn't take my hat, did you? <laughs> he said, so he's still looking for the person who stole his hat. He said, I never got it back. Hat's gone. Never got it. But back. it's just a ball cap, right? I think he was. But it meant something he to him. He was just playing. That's it funny, though. It was very funny. It was very funny. I'm still like looking this. for the fellow that stole my hat. <laughs> what if you were that guy? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and now you're brought back, and he's like, that's why I brought you here. Give me my hat! It's like Phil Collins uh, in the air tonight. Like he's, yeah, it's it like is. It's an in the air tonight kind of thing. He's setting it all up somehow. Yeah. Weird thing. No, it was great. And then we sat, and we had good seats, and the weather was... If you told me you were drowning, I would not lend a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Now what? Good seats. Your seats were on like the 40? They were on the 50. Wow. Yeah. John, Laura, that's as good as it gets. Laura literally, 30 rows up on the 50, and Laura was like, like literally, I have one foot on each side of the line right now. Like it it was perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and the weather, there was rain kind of possibly called for, and it sprinkled one time, and we had some ponchos from Dollar Tree. And so we so you'd have to buy the $20 poncho right. in the building, which is just, that's the most brutal. Only thing worse than that is airport pricing. Oh, god! Where it's like, look, in this country, a Clark bar is $45. <laughs> so if you're not cool with that, go somewhere else. Well, it's like Disney pricing. But at Disney, yeah. you, you're happy to do it. You're like, you know what? It's worth every penny. By the way, yes, I did reference a Clark bar. It's Halloween, man. I can reference <laughs> obscure candies if I want. We are recording this on Halloween. Dude, it's spooky season. And might I say, our walk into the building today... Brisk. It is so cold outside. Bone chilling. Like, children, if you're in the Nashville area and you're trick-or-treating tonight, yes. just wait till next year. It's going to be one of those nights where you got the great costume, you're decked out, and your mom will not let you leave without the winter coat over the costume, yeah. and you cry. You're like, no, you're ruining it. It's going to be so like, we're going to try to bribe kids with extra candy. Like, look, we've already bought the big bag. If I right. give you half of it, will you go to two houses and then just come back inside? You're like, I'm a, I'm a mutant ninja turtle who also lives in a cold-weather climate. <laughs> it's like if Michelangelo was in North Dakota. That's just what you have to sell it to the kids, right? Right. No, and kids love that stuff. They love oh, having... Oh, my gosh. Well, you, to think of... You, what you do is you go pragmatic with it. You say, this is more pockets to put the candy in. Exactly. You See? need all these extra pockets. That's good. This is why I would have made a great dad. I don't think trick-or-treating anymore... The, the amount of candy... That these kids like there's a bucket from Trunk or Treat last yeah. week. There's a bucket of candy. Now we bought a bunch of candy, yeah. and then there's another bucket that my kid brought home. Uh-huh. It, it sits in our pantry all year. Do you get trick or treaters? Not at your house. neighborhood. No. So my neighborhood, there's quite a bit. It's a, you know I'm a yeah, cul de sac yeah. and all that. But we're that we're that couple. We you turn hide, the lights off. We hide out. Wow. Sometimes we'll go out, go to the movies or something. Yeah. But we leave the bo- the the bowl. And it's like, honor system. You know, the first kid comes through and is like, yoink. It's all gone. He just suckers. jumps in his bag. Literally suckers. And to, <laughs> and to that, I say, great, man, whatever. You know, that's the that's the economy. We should have been better at this. Yeah. So if you see a bowl of candy, we can say honor system all we want. But honestly, it's a free bowl of candy. There's no honor among trick-or-treaters. It's, a, it's a, no. a, a, an age-old adage. Yeah. Everyone knows that. 
I want to one year just get all, save all the shampoos and lotions from all the hotels I've stayed at and give those out to kids just to <laughs> become known as that house so nobody ever comes so again. To come. You have to build a reputation. See, I think that our listeners would probably assume that someone of your comedic caliber, right? that you would see Halloween an opportunity as an opportunity to really... To be fun. Do something big and fun with I a bunch of... I think people think that I'm a lot more fun than I am. Right. Uh, like you're shriveled up inside. I don't really like, like parties. Yeah, I like hanging out with people. Yeah. But like if I thought I had to go to a costume party tonight, I would be panicking right now what I would do. I, I don't yeah. have like ideas. I can't wait till Halloween. I've had an idea for four months. What's the kind of I'm like going to be Dwight Schrute. Like I would never... Yeah. I don't think that way. I think what's the least I can do and not get made fun of at this party because I didn't dress up. Yeah. Uh, like I would be three hole punch Jim. <laughs> from the office reference but uh, to complete the circle of office references but uh i will say this last year we did buy candy and i, I did the full candy bars oh wow and we had three trick-or-treaters because i was like we're gonna be known as the house because i was like gonna go all out so we bought like the six snicker bars for four dollars packs you Good know grief Jonah. where you're like these kids are gonna love me and then we just had all this candy in our house right which is not good and you just gained 40 pounds it's not good yeah I had to throw it away. I threw some of it away to my, I mean, that, that I felt proud of myself. The only thing worse than extra Halloween candy laying in the house is extra Easter candy. Yeah. And we get a lot of that too. Now, Sadie, Sadie is a sweet tooth kid. Like you got She's to, skinny as a rail though. She is. It's just the metabolism. She just, ice cream and candy, man. She'll, she'll, I don't know. She'll come up and she's health conscious. Like she'll be like, okay. I, she'll, she's looking at the ingredients as she, she'll what does limit that mean, her, health conscious? There's no health conscious she, kid that's eating ice cream and candy. She'll know. She'll be like, um, mama, I'm going to have this, you know, piece of candy or whatever, but I'm only going to have one. Like she'll say it. I'm only going to have one because I had two pieces of candy, at, one at lunch and one yeah. at recess or whatever. Like she'll try to, she's pre-negotiating. I don't know if it's consciousness of health or consciousness of the conversation that's about to come from her parents. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? So, but or she's just aware. guilt, like feeling the guilt of, of well, we your try choices. Not to, we try not to add any guilt at all to food. Yeah. You know, in fact, something we don't, this is so great because Sadie really sees this. I think, I wish, I wish in our day this would have been more common. Um, but like, the word fat, we don't allow that word or try not to or try to well, encourage Well, none of you are her. fat, John. I don't understand. No, no, no. I mean that. She like, doesn't say fat no, no, about no, anybody. Well, you're not hearing what – you're not listening. All right. Listen, Linda. Like, inst- <laughs> like if there's someone out there you know, on television yes. or, or everywhere, then if she hears someone call someone else fat, we're like, yeah. hey, listen, people aren't fat. People have fat. Like, we, we want to remove that, like, identity yeah. connection to it. Yeah, and so trying to not, trying to not let it be connected. Like, hey, that's something people someone have. can have a weight problem, but yeah. they don't. They are not the weight problem. They are not the problem. Yeah, and and so that's that's a real. I, I love that. Laura's so smart. So that's why when Sadie saw me the other day, she said, "You have fat." <laughs> How did that make that's you feel? Really interesting. You're like, what? Thanks. I felt better, and then she <laughs> gave me some leftover candy and said, "Just have one," which I thought it's very nice. Oh. I don't know, man. No, I understand. That's good. I mean, I understand. You're, you got to te- do the best you can with kids, and kids can be, they're very un, uh, they're uninhibited, right? And so they, you know, a kid's the best, usually the best way to find out what you really are. Because if you have a zit, a kid's gonna be like, "Look at that zit!" Like if you, you know, what I'm saying, right? 
if your eyes are a little bit too close together, a kid's going to tell you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good to kind of train your kids to be like, hey, we don't say certain things. Oh, it's very difficult. And here's the deal. Like, we want it to be normal for her. If You know, look, people... People have fat. People are people skinny. are all shapes people and are sizes, shapes, and it's okay. Yeah. It's all normal. People are beautiful at all people shapes are, and sizes. People are rhombuses, They're, trapezoids, <laughs> parallelogram. Well, that was a big Tennessee's thing. a parallelogram state in and of itself. Yeah, I needed a pop filter by the way for parallelogram. Parallelogram. We need the. Can I get a little more moisture on yellow? Can I? Get, <laughs> can I get some more talent in the monitor? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when those died. I wonder if there's still churches out there with those foamies. I wonder if they're listening right now in a single tear. And they're mad. Yeah, they're like, well, they work. <laughs> That's why we have them. You're out there unprotected. Well, um, what they started doing for that was is getting colored electrical tape. Yeah. Yeah, and wrapping So you light. could still yeah. say red, but it was the... Red. But harder to see from the booth. Exactly. That was the issue. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think just make them wear clown noses. That would be easier. <laughs> don't, don't mess with the, you know. Yeah, why mess with the perfection? Yeah. <laughs> Turn up green clown. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, like, <laughs> you're in mono somehow. It's just completely awful. <laughs> speaking you're of. Charlie Brown's teacher. Speaking of, there is a, uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so I'm going to call her out and we'll see if it comes back. Boom. That's our worship director, Talisa. Yeah. And so. Why would she not listen? That that's hurts. a great question, Johnny. And it's one that I think our listeners need to ask her because she's now being referenced. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Talisa can sing, y'all. Talisa's got an incredible voice and uh, an incredible heart above that. So, Johnny. It's okay to reference the talent first. It's all right. Oh, you're right. Her, I'm heart, saying her identity her heart's is horrible. You're right. This whole time. I was, <laughs> anyway, so Talisa's, Talisa's our worship director. And we, we sing early Sunday morning. So we get here and start. Yeah. We get here at 7. We start singing by seven twenty, seven thirty. That's the thing it. about church music. You don't get enough credit for having to like be on point early. Oh my gosh, morning. yeah. Because then we do it eight thirty uh, for our serve team mm-hmm. and run through. And then so by the time you've sang once in practice, once in the eight thirty, then by the time you get to the ten o'clock, I mean this is your third run. And some of the songs are high, you know. So and then sometimes I teach a membership class or or speak <laughs> in between. I might be doing yeah. backgrounds that day on the team and then still speak. So it's a lot of vocal. Where? Throat coat tea yeah. happening. So she brought me this worship warm up playlist. Oh right, you told me about this from this coach. exercises. Like the lady is like is like a magician. Give me an example. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I did the whole nose right? thing. Oh, you sound ridiculous. So she says, so you put in the headphones and, and they watch me in the parking lot. I sit out there sometimes because I won't come. You cannot do it in front of people. Yeah, like it's so it's you would lose every friend. And all the respect of your family. Yeah, like, yeah. so you just can't do it. So it starts off very like, and she just tells you in your ear. It's probably, it's probably 12 minutes. 12 minutes? It takes, it takes a few minutes. I don't have that kind of time. And she's like, you know, let's begin with, uh, and you start with like a, and she's like, you don't want it to sound like, like she tells you all the stuff not to do. So she, yeah, because you don't want to get flooded. She's like, you may. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand any of this. And she's like, you may hear some cracking or whatever. Yeah. That's okay. You're just, you know, so, because doing the thing with your lips like that, is, yeah. it, it makes you have perfect placement because you're putting all the vibration to the front of your mouth. And okay. so it's a, it's a placement thing. So you're not, you know, so you do this, you're in all these crazy things. So that's, that's like the, that's not even close. And you do some mom moms, you do head voice. When she gets into what she calls, now we're going to warm up, warm up your farin, your, see, pharyngeal, I think, resonator. I, I had that removed. And she says, this is the part that sounds nasally and obnoxious. Like, so you're going to do this warm up and the more ridiculous and obnoxious you sound, the better you're going to huh. be to warm it up. And she goes, it should sound like this. Wah, wah, 
and you literally, I kid you not. That's hilarious. And here's the hilarious part. So you're, you're, yeah, it's I'm like a the, baby. I'm it's in like the a car. whining baby. Yeah, I go, wah, wah, wah. and I do the, nine, 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 and you do it, and I swear to you, it warms up your voice better than anything I've ever done in my life. Huh. And when I get done, and, and she's like, are oh, you ready to But are you soon? hitting notes like, nang, 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 yeah. nang, 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 And you go, nang, 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 and it's just like more of not, so yeah. I'm literally it's staring a lot there. of nay, nays. Guys, it's crazy. But it works. Like, I'm telling you, I walk watch in. Watch John Whip, watch him nay, nay. <laughs> That's great, though. But it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's true, though. Uh, Same with fitness. The more ridiculous an exercise looks, probably the better it is for you. Like, if you can go in and look cool doing something, it's probably not helping you. It's like when you see people crossfitting or whatever, or they're doing these weird oblique exercises. Like, you're all right, I know that works because this looks really dumb (laughs) as you do it. You know? I wonder what else in life that that Dude, that'll to. preach. Come on, guys. Sometimes you got to be willing to look foolish. Some of y'all out there, you've been thinking what you're doing looks foolish. Yes. And the truth is it does. But you're doing it for an audience of one, and he, he hears your nays. thinks it's foolish, too. He's so, saying stop. <laughs> he said, dance like no one's watching, but I am watching, <laughs> and please put some shorts on, because it's gross. <laughs> Some of y'all need to remember I'm always watching. That's right. And you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah. It sounds just like what God would say. Every step you take, every move you make, et cetera. Right. Uh, <laughs> that was the original title of that song, et cetera. Had a little et cetera. And then parentheses at the end. I'd like to point out, by the way, that right now, our friend Seth Warden is outside in the parking lot on an excavator that he used it for... It is freezing cold and it's raining. He used trunk or treat, so he's probably taking it back for work. Oh, right, because he was Bob the Builder. They made Bob the Builder. I'm telling you, we had incredible trunk or treat, Johnny. I know we make fun of trunk or treat, but... We, I love trunk or treat. We had the best... I make fun of a lot of things that I love. We Yourself people, included, John. Trunk or treat is a little bit of a... You get a lot of people from around town who kind of go to each different church's trunk or treat kind of thing. Steeplechase. I'm telling you what, man. Steeplechase. It is. They're just church hopping, (laughs) trying to get some candy. And it's fine because they bring their kids around and everything. And so, but we have been told that our people, and I just want to brag on them, like, we're not the biggest by far. We had a lot of cars this year, but man, our people. They go all out. They go all out. I saw the photos. It's unbelievable. So good. And they do like the whole thematic, um, that the whole family will dress up. It was storybook themed this time. Okay. And it was great. But anyway, yeah, Seth and Kenna did. They brought all the excavating equipment in and had it behind them and they were in construction outfits. And he filled uh, the bucket with candy. No, he did. Dude, come on. It was unbelievable. He filled a whole bucket. Well, he had like blocks and stuff in there. So there was some filler in there. So it had like Lay, it had, so one kid got a tootsie roll, the other one got some gravel. <laughs> I get it. Here you go, chew on this. And yeah. he had googly eyes like on the okay. uh, excavators like and the equipment, characters. like that they're alive. Oh, it was so good. So That's good. nice. And he wore, I came as a construction worker as well. Oh. Uh, Real original. It, it wasn't related. We had like a, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow car. It, it wasn't really. It wasn't related. I just needed to patch some drywall, and <laughs> Andrew told me to get started on it. <laughs> Laura was like, "Hey, this is what we have." So I had a tool belt. I was like, "Yeah, this is." I came as myself fifteen years ago. That's what I told everybody. Oh, okay, all right. Really, what I wore. Church here. Yeah, yeah. Every, and I wore I had my F two hat. So we got presented a hat here the day I took the job. Yeah, a hard hat because we were doing construction for F two, which is flunky. Flunky two. number two. And Roy was flunky number one, our children's pastor. 
And then Laura was a ladybug. So we had a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow with a ladybug and the construction worker. And that's, Sadie. That's like some weird melatonin acid trip <laughs> like, nightmare. What storybook is this? Yeah. <laughs> and then Sadie and Aubrey. This is were, the story of a family who didn't get together on their idea. <laughs> and Sadie and Aubrey, coordinated. They were salt and pepper shakers. So like okay. one was in white, one was in black with it. And actually won one of the prizes because Roy really. He really uh, gives lots of credit for homemade things, and yeah. and you're coordinating and collaborating with other people. So, so yeah, and we were. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the storybook, though. None of it. So, it was yeah. a fun night. That's cool. Were you in town? No. Okay. Because no. you usually come by for that. Yeah, yeah, I like I like it when y'all do that. You get a lot of candy. No, I was out uh, on the road. Uh, I had a long week. I was in. Uh, I had a taping, a TV taping at Zany's. Which we talked about yeah. a little bit. We promoted and hoped people would come. And I don't know if people came or not. But it was a full house, so it was good. Yeah. And it went really well. Yeah. And that was for um, a television network that, that is starting in January. That's amazing. And uh, so I did a set uh, there. And it went really well. It was fun. And hopefully you'll get to see it on television soon. I don't know. You know, I don't know how these work. These things work. Yeah, they should give you some. I'm sure they'll tell your agent or whatever. Like, yeah, they're like, we'll be in touch, and you did a great job, and you know, yeah. Um, but you just never know, because I mean, it's a network. It's just like it's like a startup, right? So they could lose all their funding tomorrow. You don't know, right? But but they won't, John. They won't, because it's the Opry. Yeah. They're doing okay. They're doing all right. It's Nashville, man. Yeah. What a perfect show for you, though, because you're musical, you're southern. You're clean. I did my nanes. You know what I'm saying? Was in the green room, just nanes. <laughs> like nay, nay. It was so. I just. I'm really excited, man. I think it's a good. It was cool. So I left there and went to Lexington because I was asked to shoot. I kind of teased this last podcast, but uh, I did some shows, and there was a guy at the show who runs a, a car dealership in Lexington. Mm-hmm. This is where the shows were, and he wanted me to do his commercials, and I was like, "What?" So this ad agency gets in touch with me, and they're like. These are the shoot dates. And so Jeffrey, our buddy, Jeffrey yeah. Holland, I got him signed on as the director of photography for these shoots. They loved his work, so it worked out great. So we ended up going down there for two days in Lexington in the wind. Oh, yeah. And shooting at the dealership all these uh, car spots. And I have no idea. We shot nine commercials. Wow. So well, I have no idea when these will come out. And they obviously will be local ads. They won't be here. But uh if you live in Lexington, I'm going to be the biggest. No, I don't know what I'll be. Hopefully, my goal is just not be the annoying commercial guy. You know, right. you know, like somebody will put out a commercial like this guy. Yeah. What are they paying? Like if you, like people that hate Flow from Progressive. I think Flow's great. I think Flow's fine. Yeah. I like Jamie better though. I yes, I like that they're Jamie's developing a funny character. characters around there. Yeah. My buddy Brian Bates, he always says that he gets asked, he gets compared <laughs> to Jamie because he looks like him. But today he posted. Uh, this Halloween and the 17 previous Halloweens, I'll be, I've been going as Jack, Jack Black's roommate in School of Rock because he looks exactly like the guy. Like I say, Mike White and Brian looks exactly like him. So that's good. It's like a built in costume when you kind of look like a famous person. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so anyway, the commercials, who knows? But I just don't want to be the Noid. You know what I'm saying? Remember the yeah, Noid? I do. Where's Domino's Pizza? Yeah. They came up with this character. The Noid is this thing that ruins your pizza. Yeah. Avoid the Noid. Yeah, it rhymes. I don't want to be the Noid for Lexington Yeah, car buyers. So if I can avoid that. Well, you weren't dressed I'll up. Win. No, I was I was basically playing myself, and yeah. and we'll see what happens. You're likable. Well. You know what's funny is, is I got to help you with something on this. You did. We wrote a, we wrote a jingle. Well, you didn't write that jingle, did you? I wrote the music part to it. Right. They wrote words. 
and you had rhymed to it. They kind of just said, "These words rhyme. Do something with it." I was like, "Oh boy, yeah." So I stayed up one night and we I wrote chords to it. And then I came in and I go, "John, can you meet me at the?" Yeah, Johnny calls me on a Sunday night. It's like, "Hey," <laughs> I said, "I got to go." To what are you doing tomorrow? Yeah, and he's like, "I'm like, you know, I don't really, I don't, don't really do a lot of music production." But we do have these podcasting mics. You nailed it, though. Uh, and it's then, and then you're like, and maybe you could sing the harmonies. And then you did. You and laid I down did. some beautiful harmonies. Well, it was like Scarlet Thread. Dude. Is, the band's going to make it. Is we're going to make it. We're getting it back together. And what we're going to make is people buy cars. We <laughs> we're not selling out. We're buying in. You know? That's a different thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's very different. There's not the stain of that. on. I've noticed that with celebrities. You hear you see tons of celebrities endorsing things now. Yeah. Whereas before, it had been like only certain things. You hear like voices on like a Lowe's commercial. You're like, that's Gene Hackman. Yeah. What is he doing on a Lowe's? But it's not, it's not as big of a deal anymore. No. You just take the money. Well, think about it. The whole culture, especially in the social media, it's all ads. I mean, every, yeah. every other thing is that's an true. ad. And so it's, you're, you, you no longer are offended by it. You just, you know, and you probably think to yourself... I think people for a long time thought, well, Gene Hackman has enough money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now you're like, well, if Gene Hackman has a lot of money and he wants to go make some more because his voice is famous, then right. why would he not? You know? I remember hearing like Martin Sheen do a car commercial like for Honda, and I was like, Martin Sheen selling Hondas? Fred Savage does yeah. uh, the Honda commercials yeah, now. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. I always love That's one of my favorite games is to pick out the voice. You're really good at it, but I'm, I'm, I'm usually close. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, and and but I mean anyway, all that said, so I sold out big time, and I'm you would be do good voiceover work. You should think about that. You got a good voice for. Well, uh, I don't know. I never. Maybe so. You've got, hey, listeners, if you have a product, a company, I would out love there, to. Johnny could do your voiceover. Yeah, yeah. Nutella. You know, just anything, whatever you got. <laughs> I was looking for the. I was looking for any the any liner. random product. Nutella. <laughs> Go. <laughs> 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 New from Schick, 12 blades. <laughs> the first six lift the skin and peel it back. I'm trying to think of the Latin prefix for 12. The 7th through 12th blade can't. shave a thin layer of sinew. <laughs> you don't hear the word you've sinew enough. never had a shave this close. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but yeah, so shave I did that. A, and then from the there, off your from life. Lexington, I left to go catch the, the Tim Hawkins bus, and I was on tour with him for four days. Yeah. We were off one of those days, and we went and saw Nate Bergetzi's show because wow. he was in Dallas. We were we were off and in Dallas, so the whole crew. Nate Nate got us like fourth row seats, middle orchestra. He did a theater there, and I asked him last minute, "Hey, can you get us in?" The show was sold out, and he goes, "Yeah, I've got some seats that I've held back." And he gave us like eight of us. Wow. He got us like basically middle section, third row, fourth row, fourth row back. Amazing show. If you get a chance to see Nate Bergazzi, he's incredible. Oh, he's so and, funny. Uh, it's a new hour, so good, so go see him. That's awesome. Yeah, you were, I'm going to tell you, it was one of the more haggard weeks. Like, you were just, gu- you were gunning. Like, mm-hmm. you had to just kind of kill it. And you're getting on a plane today. I'm taking you to the airport. You're taking me to the airport. I'm going to Utah mm-hmm. to do a club tomorrow. And I'm getting there late tonight to do this club tomorrow. And that'll be kind of a dry run for my dry bar taping, which dry yeah. bar comedy is kind of a clean comedy Um uh, showcase that they started developing about four years ago and so a lot of those clips have gone viral and a lot of people have have experienced a lot of success from dry bars as far as like getting new viewers yeah so it's kind of a cool thing if you're a clean comic like i am it's kind of a cool thing to do and so they asked me to do one so i'm going to go record that special uh saturday that's in, amazing uh, provo utah yeah which is like this hub of clean comedy now because like it's the mormon culture and kind of 
yeah. all collides with. They just have a huge fan base for. I, I saw a story. This was several years ago that Brian Regan, who's the hero there, him and Gaffigan, who are like the clean comedy icons yeah. anyway. But that Brian Regan did 10 shows in a row at Utah Jazz Basketball Arena and sold them out. No way. So he was in Utah for 10 days. And like everyone in Utah saw him, I guess, by the end of that <laughs> run, because it's like 40,000 people or whatever fit in that arena. I don't know how many people fit. I actually think it's like 20,000. So 20, let's say 20,000 people a day. Jeez. For 10 days. Jeez. 200,000 people saw your comedy. Like, that's crazy. So you talk about who needs more money. Not wow. Reagan. No, I think he's doing all right. And he's not selling cars. No, he's not. He's selling comedy. Did you guys do drone footage? We did. Okay. Which, I don't know how Jeffrey does that. Did he, did he like... Was he sent that drone up, and it flew out of my eye line. Yeah. It was gone, and I go, well, it's in a tree somewhere. And then he just hits a couple buttons, and it comes back, like yeah. R2-D2. I was like, man, you got to be really confident because those drones are not cheap. No, and I think you insure them too, right? But did did he do a drone like beside a moving car? No, we didn't do any moving car okay. shots. But he did drone footage of like the he's lot. done that before. I you think. get the overview of the lot. Yeah, he's done that for movies for like feature films. Mm-hmm. He's done it for some car commercials. I think. Yeah. Too. Why do I think that? Um, yeah, we didn't get access to like, hey, take this car out and go have fun with it. Like we weren't. We got in a few of the cars. And did some shots, but they were all like, just whatever. Yeah. We were pretending to drive them. Yeah. So if you see me and you think, that guy's driving that car, no. No. That's the magic of Hollywood. Guys, that's what, that's what we're giving you behind the scenes look. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Television stardom. To make right you here. think I'm driving. That's right. That's right. Steering wheel's locked. I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. They won't give me the keys. Uh, well, that's cool, man. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm excited. To see it. It's a big career arc because that's the that's what you want to get to where right. you're doing local television commercials. Absolutely. Well, it's not yeah. local for you though. It's that's an true. Exotic. They Lexington. brought me in. Yeah. They flew uh, you all the way. They didn't fly me no, out. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, there's no budget for plane tickets. Just get here. Yeah. Say these lines. Well, Lexington is what six hours? You five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun though. Good. So that's uh, yeah. So I'll do dry bar Saturday, and so by the time this comes out, it will have I will have either bombed, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that next week, right? And hopefully, it will have gone well. Oh, you're gonna do great, John. You are, man. You always do. Don't just, but that's just a thing you say. You you know, is say it not that. true? Don't you always do great? No, John. Can you think of a time you've bombed? Yes, every comedian can. But can you think of not on like a taping? Come I usually on. do okay at it if it's a, if it's like like. I've never been like sick at sea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when the chips are down, I usually do okay. Right. But man, there's times, yeah, everybody's bombed. Here's the thing. I would guess, and let's do this, Johnny. We're gonna unpack something here. Oh boy. <clears throat> so so you know, you have this sense of of humility approaching the stage that you don't want to mess up. And then you're always like, We'll see how it goes. My guess is you could count on one hand what you would consider to be a bomb. Meaning that, in theory, the fear of that should be gone. But I know why you keep it, because it also keeps you sharp. Not fear. It's not fear. Just caution. Yeah. You know? But my guess is, Johnny, I can't think of a time. There may be a time that the crowd... Well, you stopped coming to my shows a long time ago. Johnny, that is not <laughs> true. <clears throat> there may be... There may like, be a... I can't remember the last time. I can't remember the last show I came to. <laughs> Are you still doing comedy? Oh, Johnny. You may have had a bad crowd. 
And that's usually we talk about that plenty of time. But what you can blame, what you could say is, is if the crowd is at Best Buy and they're in line, are they're eating ribs right now? They're two hundred yards away. They're at Best Buy. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like they put you in a bright room. The microphone doesn't work. You know, they're. I mean, they. That was a fun one when I came out and it was just a cable draped over a mic stand. (laughs) Oh, it was the best. I was just like holding the cable up, like, well, this is a new one. Right. So, I mean, you can't be responsible for all those things. Yeah. So the times, though, when all things are equal and that you have a, a decent stage, my guess is even if you don't feel great or they didn't laugh at all, the jokes are always funny. Like, they didn't laugh at all? They're, <laughs> that's what bombing is, John. No, but you never had one that didn't laugh at all. Yeah. Like, your jokes are good. I just needed to go. It's one of those things where you're very aware of the cameras. So, like, that's the main thing in comedy when, among comics. You say... Um, it's hard to get, it's so hard to get a good tape because you could have a great show, and they go, "We didn't get it," or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so if you have a bad show, you're like, "I guarantee you, there are cameras in this room." Like that was so bad, I guarantee you, someone is filming me with their phone. Yeah. And um, so yeah, when you know, like you've, got, I'll have two shots. I'll get two shows. That's the good thing. Yeah. So like, if I fumble the words on a bit, we'll get it on the nine o'clock show. Yeah. But. It's just one of those things where you want to go out and crush the first one. That way you can kind of play around on the second one yeah. and like you know feel a little bit freer. See, if I do well in a first service, it causes me to be too free in the second. Yeah, and you go long. Yeah. Like yeah. now, I don't know what that is. I know my, I'm, I'm really opening myself up. Well, you also up. just know you're not running up against turning the room over That's true. first to second. I also look at the, and again, if Andrew listens to this, I'll be in trouble because <laughs> he's like, it's not 1130. That's not, that is the time. That's like our make yeah. or break. We're out by 1130. But it's also like we have this, he's like, dude, you know, you got it. You did it in 35 in the run through. Just do it in 35, you yeah. know. And I'm like, you can do it in yeah, this, so do it. But I got this extra 15 because well, it's not Well, and there's another idea that may pop into your head. Oh, lots of them. And I play off the crowd. I don't mean to. It's just I, I look at the I look at the people. Right. And I'm not like preaching to them, but if I, especially like a demographic, I'll see someone and I'll go, okay. And I'll think, what does a single, I've not thought of how to say this specifically to a single mom till right now. Yeah. You know, and this illustration, I think. And that, know, I need 15 minutes to say that. <laughs> well, no, I just do that 15 times. Oh, <laughs> a, minute, a minute extra a piece, and you look up and you're like, you know. You're like, How, what would I say to Bob the Builder? <laughs> and then it's just Seth in the back, and he's got a bucket full of candy. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story later. I can't tell you on the air. Oh, man, this sounds amazing. Yeah, it's, Sorry, it, it would be, listeners. It would be offensive, but yeah. Okay. So. Well, no, that's cool, and you're right. You 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 do. You feel freer. And somebody told me that a long time ago. I was taking a writing class for comedy, and somebody said who'd been doing comedy for forty years. They said you need in your career you need good crowds and bad crowds because a, a good crowd will help you explore, yeah, and a bad crowd will help you edit, <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you go into a bad crowd, you get two or three bad crowds in a row, and you're like, oh, these crowds. But the truth is, you had gotten a little bit loosey-goosey in your wording. Yeah. And that bad crowd is just telling you, this joke doesn't need all these words. Yeah. Get to the point. But a good crowd, sometimes you'll have been saying this joke the same way for 40 times. Yeah. Then you get a good crowd, and that's you feel so free. The laughs are longer. And during those laughs, you're thinking of lines oh, wow, I've never tried that. And you say that because you're like, well, this crowd's with me. And then if you remember to write it down, which I'm really bad about, uh, then you have 10 new seconds. Extra, yeah. And at the end of a year of 10 new seconds a night, you got an extra 25 you go. minutes. Right. Whatever, yeah. No, and I think for me too, 
and, and this is probably something I don't know how I feel about this. You know, the scriptures say that it's one of the ones that people don't quote, but it just means a lot to me for some reason that the hardworking farmer should be the first to partake of the harvest or the crop. In the context of it, if if I remember correctly, and I'm not quoting exactly, but it's it's that those of us who are, you know, and all of us participating in ministry, yeah, like we should be, we should be those, we we should be people who eat what we grow, not just sellers of it, yeah, you know, like like we should be we're not door to door salesmen who don't own the product, yeah, like we should actually we should not believe in it just to be believable that we believe in it, we should believe in it because we really do. And so there's, for me, when I'm, when I'm speaking about these things, uh, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm experiencing this experience along with them yeah. every, every time. And uh, often new things are coming to me yeah. that aren't just based off of what I saw. It's not, it's not a craft right then. It's a, cause I generally don't speak on things that, that like, we're just not the kind of, of teaching staff here. That's just like, oh, well, our people need to hear about money. So let's do a thing on money. Like, right. It, we do Tithing that. Tithing is down. Let's go ahead and hit this hard. <laughs> right. And, and, and we do have moments that we look at, at trends in the culture and all yeah. those things. But when we talk, it's almost always from the heart, even though there's a plan and, and there's a, you know, and I'm a very systematic guy. Like, hey, I want to tell you these three things and mm-hmm. here's the 10 scriptures I'm going to use. And, you know, like, I, I mean, I have, a, I outline it, but. But I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Like, I usually don't talk about something that I'm not experiencing. I just can't. It feels yeah. disingenuous to me. Yeah, I think there's that line of not being, like, totally, like, prisoner of the moment, but also being relevant, although that word's been completely overused. But, uh, so what you're saying is you're coming out to a Kanye song this Sunday, right? <laughs> That's the opening song, right? Dude. That's a fascinating... Oh, it's great. I yeah. think it's an incredible yeah. story. I think it's an incredible story. I'm I'm one of those guys where I'm like, people are like, well, what if it's not a real... I don't care. No. Do you understand people, even people that don't like him, are saying Jesus is king over and over again while they talk about him. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's a fascinating time. And there's, it's never happened before. A, a star of this level, in his prime. Yeah. I mean, his his clothing company is worth a billion dollars. Yeah. So we're talking about somebody that's like, I figured it out, uh, none of this works, and he got saved like five months ago. I was with a guy yesterday who is friends with one of the deacons from the church Kanye got saved at, and is wow. one of the guys who goes on the road with him. Wow. And so he's got these advisors around him who are helping him walk through this. So it's not like he's just like, I'll figure out this God stuff. Like he's, he's really like got accountability around him yeah. from what I've heard. So I'm one of those people like, I'm willing to die on this hill of like, He'll figure it out, and he's going to stumble, and it's going to be messy, and he's going to do concerts, and he might do the old songs, and I'm going to have to be okay. It, like, it's going to happen, and Jesus is probably transforming this guy, and I, I want to, you know, I, I want to be a part of it. Yeah, you know, the I wanna... I, the idea that we want to take down a peg somebody who is coming to faith, I get. Like, here's the deal: I can easily cast a stone at the at the Pharisee, except that. I have been that Pharisee. Sure, and still yeah. I mean, it's so easy to times. be like, what's he into now? Yeah. And especially, I think those of us who who have this feeling that we're and this is this is, it really exposes a lot in us that we need to have exposed. It, you do get like this feeling of yeah, but I, I've been trying hard for a long time. Yeah. This guy's already got everything. Yeah, it's the eleventh hour guys. Yeah, the, yeah. it is. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, whoa, you know, and, and his influence. And what if he doesn't? T- Here's the deal: I, I do believe in sound doctrine. And I'm glad that you tell me there are people with him and all those things. And I, I do think a profession of faith is the beginning, not the end. Yeah, um, it's an important beginning. 
And I think that, that Jesus can use it. I do think that a, I do want this to be a proclaimed gospel that also leads people into what I think is transformation, living with God's people according yeah. to God's ways. So, but here's the deal, man. It starts, I mean, it, it, what are we even saying? We don't even know. Like, <laughs> we, we even, don't your think own, even can... in your own walk, you can't be like, well, I'm just going to wait. Like, people are like, I'm just going to wait till I see fruit. Slow your roll. Let's wait till we see fruit. It's like, are you watching the interviews? And, and uh, one of our uh, one of our friends, Giovanna, like she posted about it. And she was like, these people who are hammering him, when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Exactly. And what he's doing in your life. Yeah. It's like, he's on Kimmel. And James Corden is talking to him, and every other answer is like, just like straight up gospel. He is proclaiming this. He's smiling ear to ear. He's not acting like some yeah. you know trudgery. Like, yeah, I finally gave in. He's just like, this has changed my life. Somebody said, I think one of the pers- one of the people asked him, "Are you a Christian artist now?" And he said, "I'm a Christian everything." I was nice. like, yes. Yeah. I was like my hands went up when I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, dude, if he falls and back and all this stuff, ha- whatever, this is like, let's not try to take it away already. Let's at least be on board. Like, nobody in Acts was like, all right, how many people got saved? Let's slow our roll, though, until we see fruit. Like, it's so you rejoice crazy. when people it was like literally, It's like literally, scripturally, the angels are rejoicing and the Christians are lamenting right now. Yeah. And that's like, guys... We should probably be doing what the angels. But we've are doing, never seen you know? anything quite like this. My buddy Ed Wiley was talking about that in a post that he made. In our lifetime, people who come to Christ, it's this thing of like, I'm going to go have everything in the world first, right? And then once I'm not famous anymore, that's just the arc. I mean, I hate to say it and be cynical that way, but it is true. Sure, you see a lot of people who are in like what you'd call it Christian famous who used to be in, in the secular world, right? They renounce this stuff, but it's like they're not. The most relevant. They didn't have a lot to anymore. lose when they were announced. Yes, it, right. And here Kanye is like, like I said, I mean, he's a billion dollar commodity. Same with Bieber, like who's had a lot of hiccups along the way. You'll see a clip of him leading worship at at Hillsong or something, and then people try to point well now, but he's out being this guy again. You're like, it's going to be rough for that guy. He's never he's talk about not grounded. The guy was the most famous person in the world when he was 15. Right. How in the world do you ever expect him for him to have a normal sense of what reality is? Give him some slack. Right. You know? Or pray for him. Yeah, he's trying. Or, you know, yeah. So I, I don't know. For me, I'm just I'm less cynical about that kind of thing than I am like normal people. I'm just like, I don't know what it's like to be Kanye. And I'm just like, I'm rooting for the guy. Absolutely, man. Well, I mean, Paul talked about that, how there were some who were proclaiming the gospel out of jealousy or their or desire for power. Yeah. And that was his context. And you got to think the jealousy was of him. He was the outsider who suddenly had the influence. Yeah. You know, and, um, and he was well known, yeah. you know, as an enemy of, of the gospel. And he says, but in his mind, and, you know, that's what I love about Paul's writings. It's, it's, it's so like crystal clear what he really felt. He, you know, and he was like, hey, man, whatever reason they're doing it for. Now, I think the reason affects the people mm-hmm. who are doing it. But God, but, but he rejoiced that regardless, the gospel is being preached. Yeah. And that like, hey, I, you know, there's, a, there's a thing that we pray. And, and again, I, I reference this book a lot. I hope, I hope you're reading it, that uh, The Divine Conspiracy, Dallas Willard. A lot of the book is about what actually the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven Mm-hmm. He, he goes through Jesus's writings, what it actually means, you know, and this, 
I, I, I would love to explore in, in American culture in particular, but probably Western culture, the modern Christian tendency to have heard scriptures or phrases so much, not just that they mean nothing to us, but even when we read them, that I think, I think most of scripture has become poetry yeah. to Christians. And poetry can uplift you. It really, really can. Poetry yeah. has a, a, a place. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing it. But there's this like sense of this is almost art, yeah. especially because the language, even in a more modern translation, the language is so inspirational mm-hmm. or it's probably a little higher than the vocabulary of the modern average vernacular on a daily basis. Yeah. And so there's like this sense, though, that when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it gets wrapped up really quickly as is like oh that's it means nothing to us like we just go oh okay someday what the the our translation for that is if any that means that uh we're going to be in heaven someday yeah heaven's coming is what that means for us what jesus was saying and, and, and part of that's a translational issue what jesus was saying is no no the kingdom of heaven is not only coming it's here mm-hmm. at hand meant around you here now and he wasn't just talking about the future he meant himself hey Repent because I'm here. And repent, same word, you know, means to, to have one's mind changed or to change one's direction. Like he's saying, turn to me, come this way, not, yeah. hey, I want you to feel completely condemned and lost and, and I want you to come groveling at my feet because someday heaven's coming and you're not going to make it and I'm going to throw you in hell. Like the way that those, those subtle or not so subtle changes in what that means, um, I think people just wrap it up into the poetry gospel. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. that means nothing to me. Yeah, if it's just another, like, of your inspirational quote of the day calendar, like, yeah. that doesn't have the power to change anybody. So when we put Jesus on the same level as, like, other, like, great men, like, he was a great guy with great ideas, and he just said, go love each other. Yeah. Like, we think we're doing good by making that the gospel, and it's, it's, it's dangerous because that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. When it's just like, just go be good to each other. Like, that's what Jerry Springer said at the end of his show. Yep. Be good to yourself and each other. Like, if that's what the gospel really is, <laughs> Man. We're, we're long gone. I don't want any part of that. So when you see somebody like Kanye or when you see somebody who's, uh, and it's happened to Chance the Rapper, we've seen it in some of these big stars, and you know, they're kind of experiencing it, and it's a, it's a revolution. It's this cultural revolution that's happening. And uh, there was a story, there's an article about it today. And it says, like, is the church missing this? Because it's like a revival happening among these super famous people. Right. And we're the ones, like, we're standing on the outside with our arms folded. Yeah. Like you said, like, the, we're the prodigal son that's, we're the, we're the, the son that stayed. Yeah. And we're like, Ugh, it's probably not going to last. It's like, we should be so different. We should be so excited. Even if, even if it turns out that somebody, I mean, if he turns apostate tomorrow, just the fact yeah. that... Uh, for a minute, he opened his heart to this. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just and what we don't see is our role in if he does turn apostate tomorrow. Right, it very well could be because of the reaction of the older brothers. Yeah, he already he already said he expects you know the church to how sad. to be critical of this and suspicious of it. I mean, and, and, and I he said it. some of that's to be expected because of sure. his past choices. You know, yeah, and I, I get some. Ca- Here is what I do get caution about. I get caution about influence without 
depth and grounding yeah. in terms of because you are going to now be a teacher in many ways, right. and the scripture would say, "Hey, then then make sure you learn." Yeah. You know, and and if time is not on his side for that, because he has the influence now, he has he has the microphone now, which is why a community would be so key for him, people around to help in that. There's there's a, a valid, yeah. but that's valid for all of us. <laughs> like I've not seen us. a ton of hate. That's what's interesting. Maybe I just follow the right people on Twitter, and I've muted the right people because mo- most of what I've seen is people going, "Stop hating on Kanye because this is great," and they're you know pastors who, and the, the best one I saw was somebody had a note. It was like a visitor card from a parent, and uh, there was a place you could put comments, I think. And she said, my daughter came to church with me today. She's 14 because she listened to Jesus is King. Mm. So she want, she got curious about coming to church because of that. And she said, I, want to, I just want to say thanks. And it was just one of those things that, like, the pastor was blown away by that. Yeah. Uh, and so who knows how many stories like that there are. Where somebody's just like, it opened their mind up to like, oh, okay. And then they go get grounded somewhere. They go get under good teaching somewhere. They're not looking to Kanye as their guru necessarily right. now. Because uh, he even would admit, I'm a young believer and, you know, and I've got great. a lot to He's learn. pointing to Jesus. And, yeah. You know, it's so funny that uh, Mike Burnett's book, when it comes out, he talks about a lot about the brother, the older brother. And something he pointed out when we were writing that just has really impacted me is what the older brother said to the servant. And then to the father, he won't come into the party. The yeah. prodigal's inside. He hears the party, comes up. He won't come in. That's, mm-hmm. that's number one. And he basically orders the servant, go get dad and bring him out here. So it's very kind of disrespectful to the dad. Like, you, you're, the, you're the master, but you leave the party and come to me yeah. on my terms. <laughs> Everything about the prodigal he's upset about, you know, that he's disrespecting the father and all that, the, the older brother does. Yeah, Calls him out there. And Mike pointed out, too, if you really read it, that we think that he just gave the younger brother his inheritance early. But the Bible says he divided the they inheritance. Both got it. He got yeah. it. The, the younger brother's sin gave the older brother all of his money too. Yeah. The dad said, all right, if I'm going to divide it, I'm going to give it all away now. And so the older brother just stayed and remained faithful on the farm in terms of, of labor. Um, and he says to the dad, this is the part that just got me, man. It just gut punched me. And it's probably good for the, for this topic. He said, that son of yours mm-hmm. has wasted, and he goes and names all these things that the father, by the way, never, or that the son even never said. We don't really know what the prodigal did. Right. It's only for we the know old, he was broke. Right. All we know is he lived wastefully. Yeah. But we don't know that he had prostitutes and all those other things. We think we know that. Where right. that came from was from the older brother's testimony. Yeah. So Mike says, either the older brother went and spied on him, which is messed up, or he's just making stuff up. He's just making assumptions. Yeah. You know, either way, he's the one. Neither yeah, the- and when we take glory in somebody else falling, too, that's the hard part. That's the, that's the sick part when we're like, well, when they get out there and fall on their face, it's like, yeah. what are you, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. we're rooting for somebody to fail so that we can feel like we're more faithful. Yeah. It's messed up. Well, and again, with that whole, that, that son of yours, yeah. Not that brother of mine. Yeah. It was, he disowned him. He's yeah. not my brother anymore. All right. And wow. And that's what broke the father's heart. The father's like, this is not what I want. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the kingdom. Like, that's, that's what we say we believe. And that is what's supposed to be infiltrating the way that we think and turning our mind. That is our repentance. That is setting our mind on things above, not on things in the earth, is... This uh, this should confront us, mm-hmm. and we should say because we all have a little bit in us to go. Mm, I wonder if this is ooh. I wonder if this is. Hey, that's fine. You get the chance. Then 
whether yeah. it's this or something else, to decide which kingdom you're going to live in today. Yeah. You know, and, and whether he falls, doesn't fall. But let's pray that he doesn't, man. Let's pray that, like you said, more little, more people want to explore who Jesus is with his people because somebody proclaimed him as king. It is literally the essence of how it's supposed to work. Yeah. You know, so such an interesting topic. Yeah, I love it. And we'll see what happens. And again, it's one of those things like, I'm not afraid to say this. Like, well, this may not age well. Sure. Like, I don't care. I, the, me saying, uh, me proclaiming Jesus may not age well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're all we're all sinners and we all mess up. It's just part of the deal. So this idea that, like, I've arrived and, and uh, this other person needs to get on my level. Like, man, inspect your own fruit. You yeah. know? It's like, we're called to be fruit inspectors. How's your fruit? Like, you know, <laughs> I've been the prodigal the other, I've been the prodigal, I've been the older brother, I've been all of it. Yeah. And I've definitely asked God to leave the party and come meet me on my own terms uh, recently, mm-hmm. you know, so that happens all the time. We're like, God, prove yourself, yeah. you know, if you really love me, come outside the party, show me, you know, yeah. listen to me. And he does, by the way, he will, he, the father comes out and remains so gentle with the older brother, even yeah. like he's more heartbroken, but he doesn't throw him out either. There's another book I was working on. And for some reason, when I write about Joseph, it always gets me. There's a lot of books I write about Joseph. I don't know why. That's why you've got your multicolored coats that you wear all the time. <laughs> all like, the man, time. He really loves Joseph. <laughs> and I was, we were, I was talking about in that book that the greatest miracle of grace in the book, because the guy I'm writing for, we figured out that we all love to identify with Joseph. Mm-hmm. Right, we want to identify with Joseph. Oh, I'm the guy with great dreams and right. great potential, and I, and oh, I've been done wrong, and I spent this they time threw me in a well, and you've been in prison, and yeah. you've been in, and you've been falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and you've this and that and this and that. But God's going to know where you are; He's not going to forget you, you know. Mm-hmm. But the great, so that was this essence, and but you're not perfect, and you shouldn't have been so prideful about your dreams. But you know what? God will redeem them, and blah 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 blah, and He'll use it. What was meant for evil will be used for good. All that. The, the guy I'm writing for, he's like, I'm really more like the brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm the one that God remembered when he was starving, who had thrown Joseph in the pit. Yeah. I am the murderer who lied to the father and took the bloody jacket and all those things and to the dad and lived a whole life of lies. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the famine came, guess who the father remembered? Guess who the father wanted to save? The brothers. He, was, he used the younger brother, but the greatest, I mean, the greatest grace in the story is that, oh my gosh. Yeah. The, the brothers got to eat and then be restored to their brother, move to Egypt and live comfortably in the middle of the greatest famine in the ancient world. I mean, that to me, you go, you got to be, you got to put yourself in all the characters. Yeah. You, you really do. Yeah. It's interesting because even in a story like that, we almost like want there to be a comeuppance and that's, there's a, that whole online culture. I think Obama even had a thing where he spoke about uh, cancel culture. It's a great quote. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was talking about how we're there's so many like nuances that are gone now where, and I, I see this too on a religious scale where we throw away right and wrong and don't tell me this and I can figure out my own morality. But then what's crept in is you see this complete uh, polarized viewpoints online yeah. because we want justice. We have this thing inside us that says, yeah. That guy did wrong, and now it's gone so far where, like, that guy wrote a tweet 20 years ago that I didn't like. He should not work again. And we feel so vindicated that we have canceled this person. So it's like we, we've made ourselves a god in a way because yeah. we're, 
we're online. Like, get the mob going. Did you hear this person's a homophobe 20 years ago? What was he, 16 and said so? Doesn't matter. He should have known better. And my, by, by my new Byzantine standards of morality, yeah. he does not match up. It's like we've become this crazed, uh, like we, we've set ourselves up as a god. So, like, it fills that hole, you know, like w- without, without any balance and without a real god that says, there's going to be truth and grace, okay? Yeah. I'm going to give you the truth, but I'm also going to say, like, I will receive you back to me, even though you sold your brother into slavery. Like, when you remove God from the equation, it's just like, go get him. And we feel, we feel this power. It feels good for yeah. a while to be like, um, there's another comedian that talked about that, about how, like, he, uh, he's, his girl uh, called somebody fat on the playground. To, to wrap it back around to the Sadie yeah. story about how you won't let her say fat. And he saw it. She said fat. And it's like the other girl that was being called fat, like started to tear up. And and he said, my daughter felt terrible because I'm so glad she saw that. But what's happening online is we say f- that person's fat and there's nothing. There's no face on the other end of it. And so all we get is like the good feeling of like, I'm better than them. And here's a horrible thing I just did and yeah. said, and those endorphins and all the things that you get from feeling like a judge, but you don't get to feel the implications no of your judgment. Yeah. And it's bad for us. And now we've, we're evolving into a different kind of human because of it. Yeah. Uh, and we could talk all day about social media and sometimes we do, but I think it's because, yeah, we, we set ourselves up in that God position in a way. We're removing grace from the equation when we do that, when we're becoming a mob. Yes, the social media inquisition, basically. You, yeah. f- you, you feel that it's justified. You know, I think it was, was it you that said that, you know, one of the if expressions. It was brilliant, I said it. One of the expressions we say all the time is, you know, love, love the. Oh, see, love the sinner, hate the sin. L- yeah, hate the sin, love the sinner, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And that always is about other people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how about hating your own yeah, sin? Hate, hate your own sin. <laughs> Have a look inside. And if you can't love. If you don't understand the love of Christ for you, there's no way. You know, yeah. we're doing a series called "Hello, My Name Is Self," and we'll be talking about that some. Not just like don't be self-centered, but it's really about until you realize who you are, yeah. really to Christ, until your identity reflects that, then loving your neighbor as yourself is going to not work out because you hate yourself, right? Or you love yourself, or at least you feel like you hate right? yourself, or you love yourself the wrong way. Yeah, you make yourself the center, and so you either end up. Elevating people's approval because you need your own approval mm-hmm. or you end up hating yourself and you treat your neighbor like garbage and you love them just like you love yourself. And yeah. that's why Jesus said, no, no, I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Yeah. It's going to require a, a shift in identity to knowing how he loves you uh, so that you don't hate the sinner yourself, <laughs> you know, or others mm. uh, to, you know, to the point that you're, you're no longer reflecting Christ. So that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. We did it. We solved the problems. That's all. That's it. That's it our last an, episode. It only took an hour. Yeah, it only took eighty-four episodes. Man, and uh, wrapping it up. So this is yeah. our last. We'd like to thank our producer, John. We don't. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to be a producer, could use you. <laughs> just someone to tell John to take his hat off before he puts the headphones on would be right. Great. Just simple cues, basically. Of yeah. Just standard logic that any human yeah. or dog would probably understand. Yeah. We don't. We don't take a lot. Hey, John. Know? How about plugging the mic in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. What do you think of that? Idea? 
Hey, man, it does mean a lot to us that you guys listen, and uh, we appreciate all of our patrons. Um, we are uh, going to be sharing, like we told you pretty soon, some video content just for our patrons, and so we'd love for you to head on over to our Patreon. Just Get go to Patreon. Board. Even if it's just a tiny amount, yeah, every even, little bit helps. Every little bit helps us. Stretch move. your hands towards the screen. Wait, yeah, we're that's a different thing. looking we're for that $1,000 champion. We're not doing that. Wait, so, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can go over there. There's some cool stuff over there. Uh, we mailed out some books and DVDs this week, too. Some of our patrons, so we'll send you some gifts if you're a part of uh, certain levels of, of our Patreon account. So go check that out if you if you enjoy the podcast. Be sure to follow Johnny, help him rebuild his uh, teetering empire of social media yes. on Instagram. After we just poo pooed all of it, but yeah. but what you see with Johnny on Instagram is real life, it's guys. Real, guys. You're I'm looking not, directly into his soul. There's no narcissism. No, he uses his no filters. Oh, yeah, who needs them? It doesn't need them. It doesn't. These need dark them. circles, I earned them. That's right. <laughs> Badges of honor. Yeah. So head on over, and uh, you can follow us on social media. You can share with your friends. Uh, we got some great reviews. You guys have left, and those help a lot. Uh, you can. We hope that that throwback episode may have encouraged you to go back into the archives, dive in, yeah, download them all, collect them all, like hey, Pokemon, man, the whole set, guys. Not that we're endorsing Pokemon. Not sure if it's not satanic. Sure, yeah. Don't know one hundred percent. May have written some strongly worded letters a little too early about that yeah. uh, who has time to do that we do yes straight to the pokemon corporation but you guys write us your letters we'd love to hear all about what you want to talk about and your impressions of the show but uh we'll look forward to speaking with you about a, a myriad of topics on our next episode of talk about that Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.